now on PG Podcast Network, it's time for the year-round carnival with Vince Accardi and your host, Racetrack Rolfie. G'day, thanks so much for checking out our year-round carnival podcast, where each and every Monday via Vince Accardi's daily sectional platforms, we have a good look at Melbourne and Sydney racing, what happened, and hopefully what will happen. And on Saturday, there was some terrific racing, some return to spring, some very good horses, Flemington and Rose Hill. Vince Accardi, good morning. Ralphie, good horses, yes. They, well, we like. I, I tell you what, at Flemington, we'll, we'll do Rose Hill first. At Flemington, there were two horses. I thought, well, you're the best two, but you're not in the Ori Star. So it'll be interesting what your opinion is, both what they did and if if you do think that they're the best two horses. But we'll start with Rose Hill. Uh, firstly, and uh, obviously, some uh, it was a, it was a drama filled uh, and uh, sad uh, uh, race in, as far as the missile stakes was concerned. But firstly, I'll ask you an overview. How did Rose Hill play? Yeah. Okay, well, overall, reasonably good, Ralphie. I mean, other than the between sort of approaching the 600 and to the 400 metre mark, that was one part of the track where, or maybe to the 350 actually metre mark, the track was 0.4 to 0.8 below the standard. So definitely not a, a G3, but approaching the 800, all the way until you get to close to the 600 was 100% in that uh, rock-solid G3 range. And so was the last 200 metres, Ralphie. It almost had a little bit of a, I don't want to say it, but a little bit of a Caulfield feel, <laughs> you know. That section, it's a critical section. I mean, I don't know, there was some sadness as well. But I just wondered, you know, like that wasn't the best part of the track, Ralphie. No, uh, what, what we perhaps saw and uh, with uh, with Rose Hill, if if it's firm, there's no uh, and the rail's true. There's there's no penalty in leading. No, absolutely. And you look at where they were. Pretty much the majority of horses they stuck in those lanes, Ralphie. Two to six, right? Yep. That's gold. There's only one horse hard up against the fence that won, right? But close to the fence is definitely a great place to be. And there was one back marker for the day, and that was in the first race of the card. So in the uh, in the missile stakes, obviously the eye, and we're not being disrespectful, but you know, obviously the uh, the big parade going amiss was was terrible. About three hundred out, and uh, and the stewards vaping inquiry, they're going to look through the records of Joe Pride, etc. But uh, he said that the horse went in there sound, and the injury was totally to a different part of the uh, the, the body that uh, that had happened, um, which was why he'd missed a lot of racing. He'd trialed so well going in. What I found interesting, Vince, with, uh, with so this is getting back to being a bit clinical, I guess, but. Your race speed profiles uh, had uh, had you expected a huge run from Golden Mile. Now, obviously, that's an unknown. What is a known was that IME was fantastic up front. So the dual question is, how good was IME, and uh, and how do you project IME going forward? Before I ask about Golden Mile, sure. Well, it was a superb run, wasn't it? Really, when you yeah. look at what it did, no surprise in the sense, Ralphie. I mean, okay, overall, one point eight links faster than the standard, best performance of the day. So that's fantastic. But last campaign, it was 1.2 first yes. up. So we're definitely seeing an improvement. That, from a trial point of view, it, this is probably the big thing that I took from it myself. Leading in to this race, that trial at Rose Hill on 21st to the 7th, they went sort of 2.7, uh, 12.7 lengths slower than the standard. This is I and me. Big move in the mid-race of around... 
oh, let's call it 12 lengths, Ralphie, which is two-second exertion. And then that last 400 metres, 200 metres, like plus one, everything pointed the horse is definitely going in the right direction from a trial point of view. I mean, the figures were 4.5 below. You know, the performance for the day was like 66s from all the trialers. But one thing I was confident, there's no doubt the horse was going to improve off this run, but was it going to be a run short? On the performance, though, 1.8, wow, that, that's fantastic, Ralphie. The 2.4, 2.5 that it produced last campaign as its peak, it's definitely trending to smash that. And I'm going purely off the trial, Ralphie, because this run here, there's a little bit of softness all the way through, again, from the 600 metres until you got inside that 200 metres. I do feel that track condition was off in that section, and therefore I'm not going to attribute to the, you know, as a, the big slowdowns taking place. But overall, what it does indicate is that there's at least a length just off the run. I've gone back to our sizzlers in uh, in Canterbury on the first of uh, well the, the first day of the year. There was a Canterbury meeting there. And we wrote just keeps winning, keeps putting. Uh, we keep putting her in sizzlers. Matched her super performance at Randwick previous start when two point four lengths above benchmark. Here the structure was point one at the eight hundred still with lead. 6.4 mid-race, 6.4 last 400. So, yeah, you adjusted down to 2.5. But as you said, never never disrespect raw times because <laughs> that takes talent, even oh. on firm tracks. And uh, that says this horse has still still got a lot to come. It might be a Marabi type for this stable. It might be better than that. Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, I personally felt that if this horse could turn up and run benchmark, maybe plus one, you know, go very close to what it did, that previous campaign, this horse is set for a ripper, uh, you know, preparation. But this horse went well past that. Now, I know things happened on the day, and does that mean could have gotten beaten? Well, I can say to you, Golden Miles' leading trial was phenomenal, and <laughs> definitely was going to be running a, a pretty solid race. I had a good look at the video, you know, I slowed it all down. Looked like something happened to the, you know, this is big parades. I don't know, shoulder. It was the shoulder, but, it, you yeah. know, like, yeah, but when you look at the horse, like, it, it wouldn't put its foot down. Right. So I don't know. It just was it, does the shoulder cause that? I'm no vet, yeah. right? So I don't know, right? But unfortunately, that caused all the problem. The big thing for me was with that particular horse, when I did the trial, I mean, it was no surprise. I mean, everybody's seen how much it won by 20 lengths. But when I put it on the clock, that horse ran like a real race because that was uh, – I-, I was saying like on the radio on the Friday morning that that trial could also flatten the horse. And now that horse couldn't lead. Yeah. On Saturday, which was how very interesting. <laughs> leaving, leaving it out on, the, uh, on a trial is a very real thing. And this is what happened. This, And I said this, the biggest issue you've got to be concerned with is, is the horse going to be flattened by that? Because to me, that was like a real race. Yeah, forget yeah. the rest. That horse ran like a like it was it, – this was all happening in that trial. So unfortunately, could that have caused the issue to happen for the horse? Or did something slip, you know, because that – ground was definitely off in that section, Ralphie. 
Well, there's obviously full inquiry into it, so that becomes an unknown. I mean, amazing horsemanship from uh, both Josh Parr and, uh, and James McDonald to keep their feet. We have had a member's question, Vince, along those lines, I guess, and, and I want to underline what you just said there about what your expectations were, Gold Mile coming in. Uh, Justin's written, with Big Parade tragically going amiss in the race, uh, costing Gold Mile any conditioning going forward, being pulled out of it after the heavy interference. So I guess his, his query, and we are talking strictly business here, we're not being disrespectful to the poor animal who, who went amiss, but um, what will be your sort of mindset going forward with Gold Mile? Will it be a case to trust the trainer or you're not sure yet? Oh, well, no, here's my view. Because again, you know, like I I slowed it down to as slow as possible, right? Yeah. Now the horse has gone and hit the rail. Now, those rails don't really do any damage to you. And it cost the horse 14 lengths, by the way, just in that short gap. Yep. But I don't feel anything was wrong with the horse. He just eased it out of the race. Yeah. It didn't look like it was, you know, savagely beaten up. It, it did hit that fence and it, to stay on its feet. But that horse was going to run, like, right up to the trial performance, which is around the plus one mark, Ralphie, right? Yeah. And... You could see the horse was going to, you know, pay, you know, play a big role in the finish. There was no question about that, and I was confident that's what would have happened. Now, now that the figures have come out, assuming there would have been, was no issues, would that horse have made the step up to be able to beat the winner? You know, in terms of finding another length, I don't know. I would say I'm sitting here saying, because I mean, the winner might have accelerated even further. Right? Yes, I don't know. So then. But it is possible both those horses could have had just a, like a huge gut busting run. Then now that hasn't happened, but I'm not um, I'm not negative at all at the moment on Golden Mile. I I feel that it didn't look like it got injured. Just again, pure observation. It looked like it was just completely eased down. And that's been the communication since. So I suppose the oh, knowns are, Vince, the knowns are that IME has returned fantastic and yes. Gold Mile trolled unbelievably going into it. Yes, that, that's, that's exactly right. Yeah. yeah. All right, a couple other uh, races I'll ask you about as far as this is positioning in running 101, isn't it? And firstly, uh, race nine, uh, the favourite was Faulkner Parker, rightly so, uh, tw- but it had come back in distance and not just back in distance but back in position and running, whereas Bold Mac, a horse that we've been sizzling and was really flatline 101. It was so good at Rose Hill uh, when, um, when narrowly beaten in uh, mid-June. And then it was flat, asked to back up a week later. It won at Randwick last start, and won again on Saturday. There's probably not much between these two horses, and I know that sounds silly, oh, sounds the obvious after a race, but what I'm saying is that was positioning and running the difference between winning and losing, surely, for the, those two horses. Well, okay, yes. From that point of view, 100%, of course, one's running, travelling 1.5 below benchmark, the other one's 6.5 below, so there's a five-length gap. It's, yeah. it's, it's a lot to make up. The big thing was this, though. Bold Mac, as much as the ground condition, I'm only taking, attributing around a length, right? I'm not attributing, this horse slowed down three lengths. Ah, I mean, the okay. eight and the four, and therefore gives you that illusion the Faulkner Parks run was just like off the charts. I felt that, you know, Bold Mac probably allowed that horse into the race a bit better as opposed to Faulkner Park running out of ground, which would... There is a case to be made for that, and Bold Mac's not a horse that's uh, super talented when you get past 2,000 metres or up around that distance. This is probably its distance range. Yep. So there's a little bit of a negative in terms of losing that critical 
slowdown, and it all happened between the eight and the six hundred. We obviously so it didn't even happen in the area where I feel the grounds off. And when I actually looked at that closely, I could see that, that was probably only about uh, about one length over exaggerated. But that six to eight hundred was at least three lengths, Ralphie. So my view is that performance was probably a lot closer to what it did the start before when it won at Ramwick, plus 2.2. Faulkner Park just kept building momentum, huge finish. Uh, Yeah, benchmark performance. Is that all got to do with because the horse has gone back in distance? Or is this it for the campaign? We know Annabelle Nishan so well, Ralph. Well, sorry, we'll not say I. we know. This is a, a trainer that can get their horses uh, rolling fresh, and therefore they're not going to peak forever. Yep. I had a feeling this horse could be on the decline, right? But still be competitive enough to be, you know, a top three finish in this race. And, uh, you know, there it is. Benchmark, Ralphie. I mean, the horse did everything right over the last four to 600 metres. So, so what um, what uh, is of interest in what you just said there with Bold Mac? So, Kerry Mac have always ridden the perfect race, one out, one back, it's in the right position, but it just shows you a fundamental of racing is you're always dictated to by what the leaders do. So, he's caught in a slowdown being in the perfect position. Yeah, 100%. That's what he got caught in. Got caught in the slowdown, in the perfect position, and it wasn't a big enough slowdown to really sort of give a runner like Faulkner Park or Calpaw that opportunity to just run them down because they did finish hard. Yep. Well, let me ask about race five then. Same question. Position in running v. Talent. Petulant. Hangs on from Wave Rider Boy. Wave Rider Boy. Huge last 800 last up. Best of the day. Got beaten. Again, what to do on Sunday. A huge last 800 and managed to get beaten. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that that's true. But... I guess my starting points this, Ralphie. 1.2 lengths below benchmark overall performance for the winner. Yep. Ranked 16. Didn't sort of make that critical top 10. Um, I, you know, like even the speed early, four lengths below benchmark. That's that's a you know that's a good a good pace for you, for you to have plenty of energy at the end, and. I look at it and just say, okay, 2.3 lengths above benchmark last 400 metres. You probably ran to your top. And the second no, my question is, what, what's the top of Wave Rider Boy? <laughs> yeah. So now I was going to go into the yeah. Wave Rider Boy and just sort of say, okay, what does that mean for this horse, right? Of course, another you know, 8.7 lengths below benchmark, four and a half off the lead speed. You know, very similar position off, you know, behind the winner of the, the race we just talked about with, Bold Mac, but the difference here is 8.7 below benchmark. That's a, you know, too soft, right, is my yeah. speed. Using all the energy in the mid-race, like 9.2 lengths, that tells you how much the horse was, you know, really travelling. In other words, you could have been two, three lengths closer and you probably would have smashed the competition right. and been an inside top 10 finish, but they didn't allow the horse to do that. Yeah, once I conceded early, <laughs> again, you dictate to do what the leaders are doing. Oh, absolutely. So, uh, J-Max is an interesting rider, you know. Sometimes <laughs> he forgets. Like, you know when he's – he just needs to be more positive, the horse. Now, maybe they didn't want – I'm not saying maybe they, they don't want the horse to win. Maybe they thought they could win comfortably uh, without asking the horse to do a lot. But, yeah. it's just, you know, it's competitive competition that they – 
you know, I don't feel that they did the right thing in terms of positioning running. So we've given uh, Tim Clark a, a huge rep for one of his other rides. I, I want to ask you a question via Tim Clark because I brought it up on the pod a couple of weeks ago with Brudenell. I just said, you know, did he might maybe go too slowly at this track and distance a fortnight earlier? Well, on Saturday, Amy McLucas went on and rode the horse for speed and, look, it won narrowly, but, uh, but l- clearly by the look of the figures here, and I'll get you to break it down further, this is a horse who needs to be running fast, not slow, to give itself every chance. Uh, okay, which race is this, Rafi? Uh, this is race seven. Bruden, oh, race seven, yeah. the boogie, natural. Uh, oh, yeah. Way. Yeah, well, they definitely weren't um, leave, leaving anything to chances there. They ran pretty solid. Point, oh, point 0.7 above benchmark through the first second. Maintain that speed between the 8 and the 400. You had the scenario where the track condition, in my view, was a little bit off. So we, we set a natural slowdown. And then an overall last 200 metres plus 0.4. And from my perspective, that's a pretty solid run. Point one above benchmark, just outside of the top. Well, actually, it's fourth and fifth best of the day. So Brudenell, at its previous start, though, and we're talking apples to apples here, okay, might have been a bit softer on the day, but first 400 metres was only 5.7 lengths below benchmark. So they jogged last start first up, uh, whereas, whereas – oh, sorry, yeah, five lengths below benchmark, yep. whereas uh, here, um, here, here it moved – Nearly six lengths quicker, first four hundred. Yeah, and this and this made a huge difference to the outcome of the race, and they really did take advantage of being on pace, having a benefit, and they got they got the they got rewarded for. It. And this horse's run, not right up to its absolute best. I mean, it is a horse that's genuinely between sort of 0.5, 0.6 to that sort of plus one range. Yeah, uh, well, yeah. Chris Lee well, very should be very happy with the horse. <laughs> Well, we've got some good horses returning. And now, members bonus today. If you're a Group 1 member, we're going to discuss some trials on the 28th of July, Alligator Blood, and on the 1st of August, Lindemann, and a couple of other little ones as well. So uh, well, that'll be a little members bonus for you. If you want to become a member, via my website, racetrackrelfie.com.au. And also a bonus this week, if you want to join up and just get you involved for the spring as a Group 1 member, we did do a couple of weeks ago, Everest in July, where Vince looked through the top five performers now for the Everest. And as if the race was this week. So just a little, uh, give you an insight. Obviously, so much more information will come in over the next couple of months. But if you want that and you join up this week as a bonus, racetrackrelfie.com.au. Click through links to the members section. And each and every week, our members, uh, both listed and group one, get the best of the day from Melbourne and Sydney sent to them. The write-up from Sizzlers. And Sizzlers are now available for August. Righto. Vince, Flemington, you wouldn't believe it. The lanes didn't move again. How can anyone be surprised it was leader advantage with the rail out 10? Because that's how the rail, that's how track always plays. Unless, of course, there's big significant rain and, you know, it's a heavy track and the chops up and all that. It was never going to happen on Sunday. No, no. So what, people were, were uh, complaining? Yeah, you can't. Really? It's, 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 it's an on-pace advantage. It's leader bias. Well, where's the, best, where's the best part of the track feeds? <laughs> well, this is it. When, when they've got rail 10, you're already in a winning position. <laughs> It's pretty simple. It there is. We go. And I have to say, the track, wow. Seriously, that's unbelievable. You have a look at it. You couldn't – you wanted the best part – I'm. this is just me talking through my own view, right, yep. how I'd love it to be. I always love the track if the fastest part of the track is from the 400 home. That's the first thing. And I love it if you can be as close as possible to a G3 approaching that. And – have a look what's happened. A length faster than the standard version to the 800. 
almost identical to the 600, right? So no Caulfield play here, Ralphie, right? Yep. Not knocking Caulfield. I'm just saying there's none of that wear and tear. And then the last 400 metres, look at that, plus two and plus 2.63. Of course, I'm going to factor a little bit for the lane advantages, right? Because you, you just know you're going to generate more speed. It's when that rail's in the 10 position. But even if I make that adjustment of a half a length to one length, we have got a rock-solid track that sits G3, G4, probably closer to a G3 than a G4. I'll tell you what, this uh, the, the, the Weather Bureau did us a favour because they predicted heavy rain on the Friday, so uh, Liam didn't water because uh, you have to go to the policy, but it was it was significant wind, so there's no point watering anyway once, it, once the rain was going to miss. And... Uh, and they did us a favour because we got a good track, and I reckon just let Liam O'Keefe do what he wants to do, and uh, and we'll all be happy. Well, it's simple. The policy should be: we want all tracks to be G three. Yeah, that's right. Race one. That's all we want. Yeah. Put lots of grass on it. Everyone's happy. Yeah. Make sure everything's in good condition. Make sure that you got rid of any wear and tear. Not that we're at the start of the season, but yeah. oh, that was fantastic. Absolutely phenomenal. Righto, Ori Star, and I'll, I'll, I'll finish off my point after this race. That uh, I think there was uh, there was two horses that uh, went into the, the meeting, uh, better horses and more exciting than anything in the Ori Star. But it's our time. He's a beauty. He just needs the right circumstance. We rode here and discussed this on the podcast uh, after the Caulfield meeting that uh, he just had everything against him on our sizzlers. In a nutshell, the slow tempo race was dead against him. He simply couldn't have got, done more producing the best sprint of his career, 9.4 last 400 at Caulfield. So he was in the zone, but he just needed the right race shape, and he got it, Fence, on a on a day that down the outside did look the best play up the straight. What's your thoughts? Oh, for sure. Beautiful uh, performance. When you look at the structure of the race, 0.2 below benchmark through that first section, pretty cruisy speed. In other words, you're not going to be out of energy and very clearly, you can see that between the 8 and the 400, nice positive move of around four lengths, but travelling two lengths faster than standard and just left it for the explosion over the last 400 metres. And that explosion was definitely there. It was plus five. Tank out over the last 200 metres of uh, 2.2 lengths. Ended up with a plus 1.8 or 3.2 lengths. Sorry, Ralphie. So ultimately... From a performance point of view, looked like the horse peaked just inside the 200 metres, but it was too good. That 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 power that the horse generated pretty much from the 600 to the finish line was fantastic. So really what he's done by going a bit faster earlier, he's been able to start his sprint at the 600 metre mark rather than leaving it till they straighten, which was the case at Caulfield, of yep. a slow lead speed. And instead of uh, running a place, he wins. Yeah, well, this is it. This is the good part about that golden shape. If they're travelling one one point five lengths fast and standard through that first three or four hundred metres, the golden zone's three to three to six lengths, Ralphie. That is absolute golden zone, and there it is, three three point three from the lead pace. I love that, and <laughs> the straight races can allow you to do that and be in that position to give you that opportunity, and and that's what happened. And the horse, you know, ran to. Oh, this is this is a good horse, Ralphie. Yeah. This is a very good horse. Yep, he's a beauty. Um, all right, a couple of members' questions from the same race here, which is uh, from race nine. Uh, I was in a bit of a coma, Vince, and I don't think I was the only one. Uh, okay. <laughs> I saw someone who oh, I won't say who, but Daddy Tassie yesterday, who's, a, who's got a, a good racing profile, he just said, well, why wouldn't you expect Edison to win with bar plates on? 
on after doing nothing. So, firstly, Troy's asked, evening, uh, Edison's form around to turn around surprised me. How much faster or slower did he lead on Saturday compared to his last run? And was that improvement uh, something the horse had shown previously? And Robert's asked, uh, from a different horse, same race, what's happened to Nicolini Vito, third up 1,400. Last campaign produced a great figure. Market liked him too. Was there anything in the data to explain the run? So firstly, Vince, up front, Edison was motoring with Poland, as I expected. I was expecting Poland to be the one that kicks off as uh, kicked on as Edison uh, uh, dropped off and said Edison kicks and uh, the uh, he, he runs sideways. Poland uh, hanging badly for Blackshear. Well, here's the thing. Firstly, four point one lengths above benchmark through that first, and you know, for I don't know when they have slight different distance changes, it might create some you know boogeymen to come out, right, on some some riders about what we're going to do. But this was brutal, like 4.1 first section. And sustained. Yeah, and sustained. That's what I mean. This is pressure. Soon as that happens, when when you're running at that speed and you're then looking to maintain that pace between the 8 and the 400, pretty much any runner that is six lengths, eight lengths maximum further back are in a lot of trouble. A lot of trouble because the exertion that's required between the eight and the four hundred is beyond most horses, right? Particularly at this level, right? It's absolutely beyond them. There's not a chance in the world they can get themselves into the race when you have this sort of setup, and that does absolutely lead into the closer you are to the speed, if not leading, particularly if you've got that bias where on pace is not going to be a disadvantage. You're going to be a very hard horse to run down. And when you look at the evidence of the winner, 4.1 lengths above benchmark, 3.5 between the 8 and the 4. Last 400 metres, 3.7 lengths below standard. So you could see how much this horse deteriorated. But because of that high pressure, they couldn't get near it. He's run, and uh, if, if, uh, I'll get to something else that's in your uh, race, in your sorry IVR report here. But just for, for those trying to pick up benchmarking for the first time, I'll, I'll, I'll say this a different way. Edison has won running the 82nd best last 200 of the day. He was legless and so was everyone chasing him because of that fact that, Vincent, what's really evident on the right-hand side of your page here on your mid-race squeeze, Edison virtually maintains his fast speed. Yep. Everything else has to try and make ground for the 800, and they're out of play. Yeah, and it's colossal. And then you talk about like that other runner. Nicolini Vito. Yeah, don't don't be disappointed with that. I mean, yeah. there was two runners there that just had monster mid-race moves, right? Obviously, if you look at uh, Nicolini Vito, that was a 10.2 length mid-race squeeze. Very close to that two seconds of high impact exertion in 400 metres. That pretty much depletes you of all your um, aerobic capability. It just absolutely flattens you to have anything left over the last two or 300 metres. And this is usually what happens, Ralphie. And you can just see it. I mean, the horse's last 200 metres did tank out. It was a half length below benchmark. The exertion was huge in the mid-race, a lot more dominant than Edison, as you just touched on. That was actually saving a half length of energy. I would say it's the beginning of the deterioration, right? But that's the difference in performance. Now, it's interesting with Edison, though. Just wanted to come back to that. I sometimes try and understand, like, how does this happen? I mean, the horse's fastest speed prior to that was about three and a half lengths faster than standard through the first section, and the horse has found a new PB. I couldn't find it anywhere in the intel either. Well, maybe I'm 
I'm I'm not totally correct there in the sense that if I went all the way back to Gold Coast fourteen hundred, that that was a similar run, but still didn't have the same high pressure in the mid. How do they do it? It's just you know I don't know. Stables last uh, winter when they backed him up off the winter final. And they put the money on a big odds too. Right. Not as big not as big odds on Saturday, but they put blinkers on on a slow track and Brett Preble just put the put the uh, the uh, fenders down and uh, and led, but it was on a slow track. This was on a fast track. So yeah. Yeah. with bar plates on, God help me. But uh the so one of the two horses um that I uh, thought were, were the best two horses going into the meeting. Tell me about Berkeley Square. I reckon Dan O'Sullivan, I don't think he's a putter. I reckon uh, as the trainer, he would have uh, loaded the float and driven home a very happy man uh, back to Ballarat with this return. Oh, absolutely. Almost nine lengths, you know, off that lead speed. Too much. Yep. But the move in the mid-race was sensational. It was pretty much bang on that 10 lengths mid-race squeeze. I look at how solid the performance was. There was no deterioration in this horse over the last 200 metres. In fact, I felt that the horse lost a little bit between the four and the 200 metres and could have finished closer. Now, I'm not saying close enough to be the winner, but definitely could have finished second or third. Nice. Well, the other horse, and this is probably more obvious, but uh, Benedetta in the last race, uh, geez, we were happy with her last campaign, although she kept building into her campaign. She was winning impressively, but not with a heap on the clock overall until she came to the Fle- Fleming straight, and she really let rip on that uh, Australian Guineas Day meeting, 1.9 lengths above benchmark. Uh, that was second best of the day, and that probably – uh, tanked her out at the end of her first prep. It must be underlined. So she came here with just one barrier trial. Uh, Tatum Bull, the apprentice, was riding it. So that was your conundrum as a punter. Not talent, but uh, what type of uh, – did you want to take the short price off one trial with goals ahead? Well, she's ridden this horse perfectly, just just uh, stalking the speed, Vince. I thought after 400 metres she was $1.30. She's won. William Thomas, the old boy, who's been going well, run did what William Thomas did, hit the line hard. But you'd have to say she's in for a monster prep. Yeah, the good thing about a horse like William Thomas running in the money that sort of helps you to give you a bit of comfort on the overall figure. I mean, there it is, 1.3 lengths uh, with, you know, above standard, best of the, the whole day. <laughs> it's The horse has come within 0.6 of its PB of last campaign off the first up run. So you know where this horse is heading. It's like if I'm comparing first up with first up, we've got a three-length variance. Therefore, this horse is absolutely set to go straight past the 1.9. And we do. We've got a, we've got a, we've got a talent here. This is a potential group horse, Ralphie. Well, I keep thinking that particularly now with the – I'm not talking about racing politics, but just the reality that with Peter Volandi throwing so much money at Sydney Racing, a lot of the better mares now won't be coming down in the Melbourne Spring. This is the type of horse who can pick at fence at Spring Carnival. Yeah, and even, if, and even if you're retired, you can get back into racing now. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> How do people come up with these genius ideas? But <laughs> you're right about that. Uh, I mean – this this might this might go under the radar a little bit too. Yep. So yep. exciting times there. So we'll see how she progresses. But she's f- finished up best of the day. All right. If you want the breakdown, including uh, Vince's IVR report and also horses to follow uh, via Sizzlers, uh, you can get that via my website. All of Vince Cardi's work, including his Saturday morning race speed profiles, Melbourne, Sydney, and Brisbane at the moment. DailySectionals.com.au. We'll do a little Group One bonus on the best trialers from last week. Uh, in the meantime, thanks so much for checking out Year Round Carnival.